Hi, everyone, and welcome to Val Cafe. My name is Brian Hostler, founder of Strong Roots Consulting based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland, the Métis. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Carolyn Kamen, an independent evaluation consultant working out of Vancouver, BC, coming to you from unceded Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations territory. This podcast is an informal chat on evaluation topics, the kind you might overhear at your favorite coffee shop if your favorite coffee shop were frequented by evaluators. This podcast is for everyone, expert or novice, longtime practitioner, or just starting in the field. Even if you don't identify as an evaluator, as long as you have an interest in evaluation, this podcast is for you. Hello, listeners. This time we are coming to you with not one, not two, but three Yes, three special. Don't no, don't make fun of me, Brian. <laughs> you know I like counting things. <laughs> That's uh, kind of part of the evaluation thing, I think. <laughs> so we have three guests with us today. We have from uh, Reciprocal Consulting. We have Kim Vanderwerd, Billy Joe Rogers, and Sophia Vitalis, and we're going to actually have them introduce themselves, so you have a chance to hear their voices and put a name to a to a voice. So why don't we start? Um, with Kim Vanderwerd. Can you tell us about yourself? Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Carolyn and Brian, for having us today. Uh, it's so nice to see you in the Aval Cafe. Um, I'm Kim Vanderwerd and a member of the Nemgis Nation and really excited to be here. Thanks for joining us. And I think um, uh, we didn't mention earlier that you're also our first repeat visitor to the Aval Cafe. So thanks for joining us again. Excited. Yeah, listeners can check out when Kim was with us for episode 14, a principles-focused episode. Mm-hmm. And today we also have uh, Billy Joe Rogers with us. Billy Joe, why don't you introduce yourself? Good morning, everyone. My name is Billy Joe Rogers, and I am a member of Amjanong First Nation, which is in southern Ontario. But I've been living on Coast Salish territories for the last 10 years, and I've been working with Reciprocal Consulting for almost nine years now. So glad to have you. Uh, and finally, we have uh, Sophia Vitalis, who's also our guest today. Hi everyone, good morning, good evening, uh, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. Um, this is Sophia Vitalis and I'm so happy to be on here. It's so exciting to be able to kind of interact in this way and to be able to, to get a message across to more people. Um, so my name is Sophia and I've been working with Reciprocal for a few years now. Um, I was born on Squamish territory. Um, and have grown up in the Vancouver area of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh land. And um, so happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you all here. So you mm. all work with um, Reciprocal Consulting, um, and you also all work um, on the um, Evaluation for Social Change and Transformational Learning Certificate, which is currently being offered um, through Simon Fraser University Continuing Studies. So Simon Fraser University is a, a university um, here in Vancouver um, area. And it's also, I think it's, it's a, a mix of sort of in-person and, and online course. And, and regular listeners of this podcast will know that I have been talking pretty obsessively uh, about this program for the last year. Um, I took the first course 
uh, of the first cohort. This is the first time it was offered last year in September and did the in-person course um, on transformative evaluation landscapes. And I was originally just going to take just, I was just like, I'll just do, I don't really want to do an online course. I'll just do the one in-person part. That seems great. Um, and then I took it and was like, oh, I'm going to do the whole certificate because mm -hmm. this is, I, I mean, it is exactly what it's, you know, I think it's very truthful in advertising. It's evaluation for social change and transformational learning, which is exactly the kind of evaluation work that I'm interested in doing. Um, so I've been taking most of the, I ha I've got one course left and then I have to do a capstone uh, as well that I'm going to do this year. Um, if I remember to apply for it in time, which I have to do. Um, and I was just thinking like, how amazing would it be to uh, have all of you on the um, podcast to talk about this program because I think it's to me at least and I've been looking I don't know of any other evaluation training program uh, like it available anywhere in terms of the focus the content uh, and the style of delivery so that's really what today's episode is about is is talking more about this um, this certificate uh, what the offer of it is, um, what you're uh, learning about it, and hopefully just sharing with our listeners uh, an insight into uh, what I think is a really amazing, I'm shamelessly promoting this particular <laughs> uh, certificate program because I just love it so much. So maybe as a starter, can someone describe exactly what this, uh, um, I see in the outline too that we're, there's some debate as to whether it's a course or program or a certificate, but whatever term we're using, and we maybe just wander through that. We um, decided it's a certificate program and there are courses in it. Okay. But every once in a while, we might use the incorrect terminology, <laughs> for which I apologize. Whatever, whatever we're calling it, um, what is it? Let's start with that. Yeah, Kim, do you want to give us like a, a nice uh, quick overview just describing the, the program from your perspective? Absolutely. And I, I definitely want to start with enormous gratitude to um, Carolyn for your shameless promotion of this course and just um, uh, noting how amazing it was to have you at the table when we were um, starting the course last year. Um, we're, we're very grateful. It is a certificate course through Simon Fraser University, and it does have uh, five specific courses within the certificate, as well as a capstone project. So um, it starts with a four-day in-person uh, course at SFU um, downtown and those four days we um, and, and I'm really grateful that SFU had the uh, Shanti Besso had um, had the belief and, and thought about uh, the importance of really tackling worldviews and and especially within a university setting where we privilege Western worldviews so much she wanted to kind of shake that up and at the very core of it, really explore our worldviews and make space for new worldviews, other worldviews. Um, so we do we do start the four days with um, with looking at that and and thinking about indigenous worldviews and thinking about the history in Canada, and um, and why why do we need social change? We unpack that quite a bit. Uh, we explore allyship. I think everyone who came to the course 
is an ally of some issue in our in our communities and um, some some concerns that they have and we just put that all on the table and talked about what allyship means and why do you want to create social change so we start with that foundation and then um, each course kind of builds on the learning arc so um, these social issues don't exist in a vacuum. They exist in a really complicated and complex system of our society. And uh, that would be the second course with Mark Cabage, where they explore um, complex based and system thinking um, uh, processes. So that's uh, each of the, that we start with four days in person and then there's uh, four online courses and uh, Mark's is the second one and then the third one is looking at evaluation leadership and learning and just as a sneak peek for um, the four days we had everyone repeating the mantra evaluators as leaders leaders as evaluators and I think that was one of the core messages that we had when we created the course um, so the third module is really about uh, leadership and learning. So when Carolyn uh, mentioned earlier that this podcast is for everyone, um, it's also the same for this course. So it's not just evaluators who attend, it's also uh, leaders of organizations. Um, I think if you're in a leadership position, you're constantly evaluating and reflecting and checking back in on, on what you're doing. So the third uh, course in the certificate looks at leadership and then the fourth course looks at designing your evaluation to create the space for transformation and learning. And then the fifth course is around um, uh, this is uh, a course that our team is quite involved in. It's looking at how data is political um, and, and it is profoundly subjective how we create our, our research processes and all of that. So looking at the different paradigms of research, um, how that contributes to the data being political, uh, and then how to communicate your findings uh, at the end. So. Um, we look at different ways to present findings. I think, uh, generally speaking, people are really into the traditional tried and true technical report, but uh, there are definitely other ways to, to uh, present the work that you've done. The final piece I'll just add is that uh, there is a capstone project and, and Sophie and I were just at the delivery of all the capstones for year one. Um, we brought all the students uh, back together again in person and everyone presented their capstone project, which is meant to be about the equivalent about of one course, so maybe about 35-40 hours of uh, a project that is um, uh, not a make work project, but something that is built into the work that individuals were doing outside of the outside of the certificate. So anything that was going to be helpful in their um, in their work life. And it was so fascinating to see what people were presenting. They were talking about uh, evaluation frameworks and really looking at uh, ways to disrupt evaluation in a way that they hadn't done before. So it was it was pretty cool, but all of those components contribute to the certificate. Yeah, I got a chance to attend that, um, that capstone presentation session, even though I wasn't technically, I hadn't done my capstone itself, but 
I knew all the people because we'd been in the first cohort and and had bonded. So I got the chance to come and see all of those presentations. And they were they were moving. Like I was moved to tears more than once um, from the things that people were talking about. And and I noticed you, you clarified like it's this uh, course is not only for sort of people who already think of themselves as evaluators. And I mean, that was really true. I think the vast majority, I think in that very first course, there were maybe only two of us there out of, you know, more than a dozen people who actually even referred to ourselves as evaluators and everyone else was like very new to evaluation. And by the end of it, you know, I know that people were really passionate. Some had even taken uh, jobs in evaluation um, through, throughout being in the course. So it, it was really in so many ways transformative. Uh, Sophie, you were also really involved in that first cohort. Did you want to add anything to the description of the program from your end? Yeah, and I just wanted to add to what you're saying that um, I think it's a really cool opportunity for for people in all areas to really kind of gain, not literacy per se, but to gain um, understanding and a little bit of you know, self-confidence and power when it comes to evaluation so that it becomes an accessible reflective tool for like all different practices and even small organizations that may not be able to hire an evaluator, even if, you know, they're economical evaluators and to just have that agency to, to evaluate and reflect on your own stuff. Um, but yeah, just going off of what Kim was saying, I think just overall, um, looking at, at all those courses that kind of weave together, it seems to me like it's a really good opportunity to look at evaluation as a method rather than like a career or a really like traditional stringent process. Um, and it's just that opportunity to get reflective of a program or a phenomenon and be reflective in a way that's supported so that there's a few steps that you can take and you can pick a la carte what works best for you and your organization. Um, and it doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't have to be traditional, but it can be supported. And I think it's exciting to get tools that align with either how you may naturally think and naturally approach things that you say, you know, I didn't think evaluation could align with my own, my own values as an indigenous person or as a critically reflective person or anything like that. Um, and it can also be something that completely turns your world around and using methods that really push you out of your comfort zone so that you can see something new. So I think it just gives an opportunity to have that space to think about those things because everyone is so busy in their work. Um, so it's exciting to be able to be in a space to share those things and to work towards something, something useful for your own work or for your own life but at the same time useful um, to be able to have those thoughts and reflections on reflecting. It sounds like it's not just transformational, um, looking for social transformation, but also is transformational for those participating. And like Carolyn said, that even some people who weren't evaluators coming in kind of were, were finding positions and, and work and seeing how, and what you're saying, Sophie, about uh, seeing the connection with their own lives. Is that something you kind of intended um, in, 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 in starting up the course? I don't know. I, I think we had just this huge idea and we were so excited to see what the outcomes would be. Um, but really 
so much of it was that first cohort that was so willing to like jump straight into it. Um, and then we kind of saw it opening twofold and, and kind of rippling out as more people, as people became more and more invested in it, then we were really seeing the impacts live of how this was really being transformative for students and for ourselves. What do you think, Kim? Yeah, I, what, I think when I think about the work that our team does, I know that it's really personal for us. So um, I, that was probably a dream that it would be really personal for others and that they would take the time to reflect and uh, see how it fits in their own life about how they can be uh, leaders in, in social change. Um, it was like, I think any evaluator listening to this will appreciate the question of unanticipated outcomes. It, it definitely showed up much more pronounced than I imagined it would. Just the, the individual transformation um, and, the, and I think when we think of things uh, like our team is quite involved in the reconciliation movement, uh, one of the things that we talk about is that has to start with yourself. And I think when you think about social change, it has to start with the individual and, and really reflecting on what their allyship um, means to them for whatever, whatever, they're, um, whatever they're taking on, whatever they're really passionate about. Uh, it somewhere there's a seed where that um, that passion started and has flourished. Uh, so, yeah, just we're really we're really thrilled at that at that outcome. Mm -hmm. I, I know one of the things we were going to talk about is what made you want to be part of offering this program. Uh, and and Billy Joe, I'm I'm interested in hearing from you what what has drawn you to this. Um, this opportunity. So what made me want to be involved in, in this particular course, program, certificate, I'm not sure where we landed on what we're calling it. Um, I, I see so much value in this program because what we do at Reciprocal Consulting is rooted in family and I know around our table, we're always talking about family and we do this work for our families. And I would love to see other evaluators thinking like this as well, where they're thinking of their families when they're doing this work. They're thinking of other people's families when they're doing this work. It's about humans and it's, it's not just about objective data. This is people's lives. Um, these programs that are being evaluated are impacting people's lives and these people are our family. So I think that's the main driver of why I got jazzed about this program. And while I didn't deliver the program, I was involved in the development of the curriculum and module five, the one about um, how data is political and the weaponization of data and the object objectivity of data and what gets measured. And that part was really, really, um, that part was something that I was really drawn to because it, it just was so mind blowing for me. It's, it's something that I knew, but I never actually 
got a chance to write about or think about in a lot more detail. Um, so that was one of my favorite parts of the development of the, of the curriculum. Awesome, thank you. Uh, Kim, same question. What made you want to be part of offering the program? Well, ditto. <laughs> um, I, I have to just agree with what Billy Joe said. I think that's absolutely uh, what our team talks about all the time is the well-being of our, our families and our communities because everything, like I think if you think of any social issue, um, and I, I don't even like using that terminology uh, for Indigenous communities, whether we're working on women's safety or whether we're or environmental uh, um, issues or education or justice, our um, families are exponentially impacted by that, and it's it's time to change that. So we um, our our team for forever has been using evaluation as an advocacy tool to um, to have the funders see that uh, indigenous ways of knowing and being is okay it's it's good to hold up um, our our communities and create the opportunity for them to thrive and uh, and for funders to realize that um, there isn't just one way to do a program. So we, we really work to, to hold that up. So when uh, Shanti came to us and said that they want to create a program about transformation, we couldn't think of a, a better alignment with what we've been like striving for and just having the opportunity to have a larger platform to um, bring others along and get people really jazzed, really passionate about, you know what, it's not just about writing a report that's going to sit on a shelf. This is about identifying naming issues and, and creating the change that we really need to see. Yeah, so we've talked already a little bit about, or we mentioned uh, social change, social issues, um, and, and transformation. So in the, the full title of the, the certificate, I think I got that right, is Evaluation for Social Change and Transformational Learning. So what, what does that mean to, to you, so the, the social change and transformational learning? Hopefully, we've got at least some congruence on the evaluation part, though I know that could probably, we could probably do a whole podcast episode on what evaluation means. But what is that social change and transformational learning part? Um, um, Kim, do you want to start off with that? I mean, the thing that immediately jumps into my mind is thinking about one of the elders that we work with and how he said, um, you have to be able to, you have to say hello to a problem before you can say goodbye. And I think um, we have for too long been holding up systems that are inequitable and we need to start naming that and need to start addressing uh, how um, people of color, how indigenous people, uh, anyone who's who's different is is not having um, equitable access to the services that they need. Um, and I think if we were able to build a groundswell of evaluators who are considering um, their role in naming things and transforming, uh, I, I like I think when you go to evaluation conferences I, and you're having your conversations in the hallways, 
inevitably someone's going to say they end up in their evaluation work end up seeing uh, a lot of education work that they do they end up having to ex like who knows what evaluators do like you can't really give a job description to our to our field it's really difficult because we do so much but a big part of that is about education we um, because our main role is to reflect we reflect on behalf of, of organizations and um, when we reflect and, and share that back, that's giving uh, organizations an opportunity to think about what they're doing and how, whether they're doing it right. Like, are they, are they thinking about the issues that are most uh, germane in the community? So um, in a nutshell, I would say it's about, we have to start naming the things and it's hard. Like I know with our team um, being an indigenous team, um, inevitably the R word comes up racism and that's in so many of our systems and it's hard to name that it's hard to name that in a way that people will be receptive to it and and take that information in and and deal with it um, so that they can create the best programs they can so um, yeah I think it's about I think it's about naming things and and understanding that there are new ways and other ways to to do the work that that we do in our communities um just to to add to what kim was saying i think um the design of the course is really intentional um to have those few days with us in the beginning to really kind of break down um those things of of naming those inequities and those kind of racist systems that a lot of the work happens within. Um, and I think it was a really amazing opportunity to kind of kick start the transformation in person and to be able to get that ball rolling throughout the online portion. So, yeah, so I guess not necessarily that's not necessarily what it means to me, but I think it's it's it was a really great design choice <laughs> um, to to have that time in the beginning of the course to really get um, deep and um, to be able to outline our own biases, where we come from, our families, our roots, and and then go from there because it's such an amazing way to build an evaluation practice like the way that Kim and, and Beach have done, and I, I guess myself, to start from a place of, of who you are and where you come from and where your heart is to be able to do the best work you can. And it's, you know, kind of like, I'm sure your episode 14 was talking about in principles, focused evaluation, but this is like something that, um, you know, you can live and breathe and sleep in. So, yeah. Great, yeah, and I think it's been a strand in the, our last several episodes, or a lot of our episodes uh, this year, um, uh, just around yeah that that kind of personal element in in evaluation. Just that, yeah, we're we're not you know autom automatons in this, or not people without backgrounds. We we do bring our own our own views, and 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 there's there's you know it can be challenges in that, but I think we also there's a lot of benefits, and there's a lot of things we can bring our full selves into that. Whether it's creativity, whether it's 
it's our own past trauma and all that there's there's a lot of um, opportunity i think to 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 name that and to acknowledge it and to say how does this impact my work and how can i bring this into my work mm-hmm. and to speak to the experience of that design um that uh sophie was just talking about uh as someone who who got to be in this course um it really i can't stress enough how much of a difference it did make that we started with the in-person these these three three and a half four days of of being with each other in person we had people who flew in from different parts of the country um some of us were local so that when i took that um course that was september i actually missed the next online course uh i had too many schedule conflicts so i didn't rejoin that group until january so quite a few months later and it was for an online course so intimate and so i felt so connected even though it had been months since i had spoken to some people it immediately felt like i was back part of that uh, group again having these really deep conversations about uh, leadership in that case that was the leadership course um, and even just the fact that for so those of us who were kind of all in the the metro vancouver area we started meeting up regular we have dinner once a month and you know we are we bonded we're we're friends we're supporting each other uh through our various transformations many of which have been kicked off by being part of this program thanks for that um so yeah i just i never would have like i said when i first signed up for it i was thought oh, i don't want to do the online part online you know courses just seem like too hard to to get connected with or um too difficult to feel like it's really happening or you're really present and i didn't have that feeling at all like it just it absolutely and i think it's because we we started in person so i thought that was a brilliant design choice um i was actually curious if if you uh could speak to um maybe some of the challenges that you faced in um designing and developing the program the way that you have because it did seem to me to be different um and in a powerfully good way but in a way that i sometimes thought hmm, i i wonder if it was always easy to pull this off in sort of like a traditional university uh type environment um and yeah if anyone has something to speak to that i know you were all involved in in the design uh portions of it uh such a good question um i'm i'm like digging around in my memory here thinking about when we first came together and i i think the seeds were planted at the um ces conference in vancouver when uh, shanti and i spent quite a bit of time together at that conference and uh i feel like she maybe would be the best person to talk to about this because she she moved heaven and earth to not have any barriers for us to create the course we came together um with michael quinn patton and mark cabage and our team and roberta price an elder uh, a snenemo elder uh who lives in in the lower mainland here in bc um we came together almost 2 years ago in 
maybe three two three years ago and talked about the the learning arc and the content and and we spent probably two or three days together thinking about what this course would look like and I to be perfectly honest I can't think of a challenge because the SFU Shanti and her team just let everything happen so when we said no we need to have an elder uh, as part of every day uh, in the in-person they were like let's do it and let's honor the indigenous um, and the ancestral knowledge that that they're going to bring to the table and when we said um, our team we co-facilitate we do we have two people we always work that way they said, great, go for it. When we said, we're going to name, th name things, we're going to kind of throw positivism under the bus. They said, great, do it. Um, so I, I feel like they, they, they did everything so that we wouldn't have challenges. I mean, it was a lot of work. I know our team, we um, haven't worked. We, we generally like seeing people so we work in person and the online platform is different and um, we hadn't done that before and i know um billy joe spent days and days working through uh the different content and the data is political and apparently our course was the only one that had the kind of um the work that you would put into it with the hp feet five or whatever there's lots of gimmicks that you can add and Billy Joe like just went to the ends of the earth to to make it as engaging as possible. Um, there's really good thinking. I know we have a, one of SFU's um, uh, team members, Mary Watt. She's uh, an expert in online pedagogy and, and gave us so many tools to use to, to make it engaging and, and Billy Joe worked her butt off to make sure it was as engaging as possible. Um, but I mean, thankfully we had the design of also being in person where Carolyn talked about uh, the intimacy and I think um, evaluation being a human endeavor, uh, it's maybe even a challenge to, to be intimate, uh, to be a human being together when you don't really know each other. So. I, yeah, I, I feel like every, any potential challenge was maybe even thought about and, and averted. That's great to hear. Were there any, maybe not uh, challenges, but any kind of surprises or just really interesting takeaways that, I mean, talked a little bit about some of the um, emergence and, and transformation, but were there any kind of particular surprises that stood out for you from this first year? Um, any surprises? I think to put together the, the in-person and the kind of the assignment, um, the assignment experience on, on this end of being able to read everyone's amazing thoughts um, is it's, it was just so great to see the passion and like the complete um, buy-in for really applying the readings, really applying everything we talked about to people's own work examples directly. Um, I think that's really what made it come alive for me at least because I was able to read about 
everybody's different um, work experiences and not just the physical work, but also like the culture of their work and um, where people had to fight for using different paradigms or where they had to have conversations about things that um, I think traditionally aren't always spoken about in evaluation, but are such a huge part of evaluation, which is the culture, the, the atmosphere that you're working within, the political climate you're working in, even within a small organization um, or within the bigger context. So I think having people holistically include their whole work selves and their self selves, <laughs> personal selves um, in their assignments uh, really made it, I think, useful for the learners, but also for, for us reading it because um, we learned a lot from students as well or learners as well. Kim, what was your biggest surprise from the, the first year? Well, it, it surprises me that this surprises me. Um, when I talked earlier about the work having to start from within, to be able to see that um, transformation at an individual level was, was surprising. Um, when we got together with the capstone day at, uh, last month um, and bringing back together the, uh, the number of people who had done a capstone, it was, it was incredible to, to see how people talked about their lives and what had happened since then. And just the, not only the individual, but the professional, the worldview transformations that people had. It just was, I, I feel um, really grateful to have been able to be a part of that. Um, I'm curious about what you feel makes this um, certificate program different maybe from what else is out there in terms of evaluation training opportunities? Um, what sort of what unique thing that you bring to this? That's also a great question. I know that SFU, uh, prior to doing this and even being able to get the course approved through Senate, they had to do a really comprehensive environmental scan to see what is being offered out there. And I think from what we could see, there is a lot of training on what you could call traditional evaluation. So, uh, I mean, I don't even know if you can say a lot, but there's training on traditional evaluation where you say, you know, these are the five activities. There's a needs assessment, assessing program theory, program process, the outcomes of a program, the cost effectiveness of a program. So there's training that, that works on that. There's training on different methodologies like empowerment evaluation and um, developmental evaluation. Uh, there's training on, on survey design and uh, writing reports and, and those kinds of things. But there, I, I don't, I haven't seen anything that looks at um, the social change piece of it. And that, that is at the end of the day why we do this work, but I'm not sure that uh, it's something that's articulated everywhere else. Um, so I, I, yeah, it does, it, it is a bit different than everything else. I was really struck by, um, I think 
two of the things that stood out for me, I mean, the, I felt the design of it was really different, but also, um, and you've touched on this a little bit already, the fact that you had an entire course devoted to uh, complexity and then another entire course devoted to leadership, you know, as the first two courses, like even before we get to like the evaluation design part, which I think is what most people would think about looking for if they're, if, when they're signing up for um, some um, evaluation training or certification. And I noticed when we did that course, so people were able to sign up, you know, even if they hadn't done um, some of the other um, courses, if you didn't have to be, unless you were enrolled in the certificate, you didn't necessarily have to do every single course. So we had people who sometimes joined us for just one or two. And I noticed that especially, yeah, the evaluation design and the data collection seemed to have a lot of folks who joined just for those. Um, and I'd be interested in knowing what kind of experience they had because I know that um, having those first three courses really for me made a huge difference in just having, ta having talked about worldview, having had those conversations. Um, I, did, I didn't get to do the complexity course, I'll do that this year, but I've, you know, through my other work have learned about complexity. So being able to bring that lens in has absolutely transformed the way I do evaluation. And then, yeah, the, the focus on leadership and, and that motto for the course that you shared with us right away, I think it's like written on the top of my very first page of notes from the very first course, evaluators as leaders, leaders as evaluators. I mean, to me, that's just, I've never seen that offered anywhere else. And that to me was a huge attraction um, to the initial course and then to the whole certificate, this idea of, of how deep we would go. Um, and I think, especially considering the kinds of conversations we've been having on this podcast over the past, you know, almost a year uh, about how we can do evaluation differently, looking at evaluation um, as healing work, as sacred work, um, looking at the ways we can bring joy and creativity into our evaluation, the kinds of evaluation work that are being proposed, like things like developmental evaluation, principles-focused evaluation, transformative evaluation, and what feels like this enormous sea change in evaluation that's being driven not by I mean, by a few things, one of it is, you know, we want the world to be um, a better place for everyone. That's a huge part of it. And also we want our evaluation to be useful and meaningful. I think that's one of the huge drives. It seems so, it seems so practical to do the work this way. Um, that's what I feel like I've been taking away from it is when I do this work, when I learn how to do work this way, when I do things like go deep into complexity, go deep into leadership, my own personal leadership, when I explore my worldview, and then when I take all of that and apply it to design, um, when we talk about things like racism, when we talk about things like colonialism and the impacts of that in Canada, and then how that shows up in our evaluation work and the, the programs and things that we evaluate, that makes the work so much more meaningful it's and it's it's not just a feel-good thing it is a feel-good like it, it feels good to do the work in a way that's more meaningful to people and it just it works better the communication the conversations are richer people are more engaged we learn more i see more change happens um i realize sorry i'm going off on a bit of a rant here but i just i feel so Participating in this 
program was transformative for me. Like a year ago, I was not the evaluator. I was not the person that I am right now. Um, and I'm just so grateful for having had that experience. Um, and it's just not, it's not something I've seen available anywhere else yet. Well, actually, the other thing I could think that's maybe somewhat comparable are some leadership training programs that I've had some connection and some experience with. So, but those ones haven't had explicit evaluation components. Um, maybe that's something that that uh, could be explored further. How do we bring in evaluation more into into leadership? Since there seems to be, and I think um, we know some folks, and not to spoil or any future Eval Cafe episodes, but we might kind of go into that conversation soon. But yeah, I think that's a really interesting an interesting aspect because I think um, we've heard about, compl- like we've seen complexity, we've seen systems thinking for some time around evaluation, uh, developmental evaluation there is, that is based a lot on complexity and looking at broader systems, for example. But yeah, the, the leadership angle I think is really interesting and glad to hear that that's there. All right, so just to kind of continue on uh, to riff off what uh, Carolyn and I have been talking about, um, uh, for, for our guest today, um, what's your takeaway from the first year of the program? What's kind of something, um, and maybe more for, uh, for Kim and Sophie, what, what, do you, what do you see coming out of this first year that you're really excited about or really um, intrigued by? Well, I loved Carolyn's uh, comments about the um, personal transformation and, uh, and also have to agree with you, Brian, about the distinction with this course uh, really integrating the whole notion of leadership. Um, the biggest takeaway for me, I think, I, and then again, it's the thing that I talked about with um, what was surprising was just the transformation at an individual level and actually seeing the course work um, for what we intended it to do. Uh, that has invigorated and inspired me for the next cohort that starts in September. Um, right now, we currently have 12 people signed up for that, and I cannot wait to have them all in a room and, uh, and, um, and start this uh, course again. Um, but I, I would probably say the biggest takeaway is, is really grounding ourselves in our personal transformation. I think I've said many times in the promotional efforts that we've had with SFU for the certificate, I've said many times that um, the four days that we had together were probably the best four days of my year last year. So I, that would probably be my biggest takeaway. Soph? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway has been the, like, the accountability um, and the buy-in that people were willing to give into the course. I think I've kind of said this in a different way earlier, but it's just kind of the biggest thing that stood out for me was just how, how ready people were to like jump straight into it. Um, which really I think would make or break the course because not having that full investment really can't lead, can't, you know, I can't, can't equate any sort of, of transformation. Um, so I think that that was a really big takeaway that it was really the learners that made this happen in a big way because, um, like we like to do in our evaluations, it's super collaborative and it's super, um, focused on, on the user's experience. So we kind of kept that frame a bit and, and really made sure that, um, the learners 
were able to put their spin on everything. And, you know, that's a big risk as, as people, as instructors, because you don't really know it's kind of a wild card and it turned out really amazingly. So that was the biggest takeaway for me. I know it, it really changed the way that um, I presented or I did any sort of kind of teaching moments after that. Um, and yeah, that's, yeah. And, and I just want to put it out there for our listeners as well. So um, there are still spots open um, in that uh, first course right now. Um, so you can join those 12 people for a really uh, wonderful, transformative experience. Just putting it out there. Um, and, and yeah, so looking forward into this, this next cohort that's starting up, um, what are, what are some of the, ambitions that you have um for the program like sort of in your your grandest um imaginings of it what would you like to see it achieve um this is i think open to to everyone um maybe kim if you want to start us off i i mean i have very lofty ambitions for this i would love to see an enormous groundswell of um evaluators and leaders who want to be part of disrupting the system. Like we only have to look to the south of uh, Canada to see the real dire predicaments we're getting into. And Canada follows suit with what happens in the US. Um, we're usually a few years behind what's happening there. And we, there's an urgent need to, to transform what's happening in our society. So again, going back to the notion that evaluators are in a really unique position, we speak with programs and we speak with funders and we have the ability to influence what happens. Um, so I, I have this aspiration that, you know, at the Canadian Evaluation Society conference that we're like just buzzing, we're vibrating on a new level together to think about how collectively we can, we can stir things up and create the change that we need to see with all of the inequitable systems that, that we're operating within. Um, at the American Evaluation Society Association conference, the same to have 3000 people come together and we're just buzzing and vibrating with the notion that um, we're seeing the change that we want to see. So I, I want to see this go far and wide. That's great. And actually, I'm just looking up here right now on AEA's website. They have their conference coming up in Minneapolis in November. And um, the theme of the conference is Paths to the Future of Evaluation. Uh, so that might be some, it be interesting to see what kind of discussions come out of that one. Mm -hmm. And I, I, for one, fully endorse this vision of uh, disrupting the system and uh, evaluators as being part of change efforts. Um, yeah, uh, Billy Joe or, or Soph, is there anything that you have as sort of your own um, ambition or, or vision for the program and what it might achieve? Yeah, I think mine's a little bit um, on a different track. I'm, I'm on a different train here. Um, I have this vision of, or I would love to see 
um, some sort of a mentorship element to this course where, um, and this is probably so inappropriate for me to say because I didn't teach or deliver the course, sorry, Kim and Soph, but um, I would love to see this, some sort of a mentorship element built in where learners become the teachers um, in the future. And I, I haven't quite formulated what that might look like, but I, I think if we can have some sort of a ripple effect where um, maybe maybe this course gets duplic duplicated elsewhere um, and then we can have some of the learners be teachers there or yeah I just I see this I have a vision of mentorship being built in. I totally agree. Um, I think the biggest thing that I would want to see um, is just access. So all these people and programs in this universe of program evaluation and social programs, um, it would be amazing for everybody to have access to these tools of, of evaluation and of people-focused evaluation and community-focused evaluation so that um, everyone can access the funding they need and communicate the beautiful things that the programs are doing to funders in creative ways and in ways that make sense for the programs, not only for the funders. Um, and I think that has kind of been a theme in my own life, in our work, and in the course. Yeah. That's, those are some pretty amazing um, visions uh, and ideas, and I hope that they all come to fruition. And uh, I'm glad to have had an opportunity to be um, part of this at, at such an early time. It feels like a real honor. Um, we normally close our program out by giving our guest a platform to tell our listeners about, you know, things they should, should know about or might be interested in. I kind of feel like this whole episode in some way has been that. <laughs> um, but is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about, um, uh, maybe about the... Um, the program, the certificate, if there's anything that, you know, that they're curious about that you think they should know, or if there's anything else that you guys have going on uh, through reciprocal or things that you know about happening uh, in the community that evaluators might be interested in hearing about over the next little while. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground talking about the course, and I really want to uh, raise my hands to both of you, Carolyn and Brian, for um, giving us the space and the platform to, um, to raise the profile of, of this course and the work that everyone has done um, so far in the first, in the first year. So I'm, I'm very grateful that we've had that opportunity. Um, I'm like on pins and needles excited about next year and having the opportunity to, to do the course again and, and meeting, um, meeting the new cohort. Um, I, I think we've covered so many things. I can't think of anything else. So what, I guess the one thing I would add is that um, when you come with your, your whole self to the work, uh, you end up having a longer, like it, you, it's a, a time commitment to do, to do the work. So I know because people were investing so much into the, uh, into the discussion boards, I, I feel like everyone 
had enormous opportunity to learn together, but it also takes time. So if you're considering uh, joining the, the course, which we really hope you will, um, it, it is it is time, but I, I feel like the the payoff, for lack of better terms, is uh, just uh, tools that will contribute to to your work in such a, a deep way. So I'm I'm very excited about the next steps. Terrific, thank you. That's it for this episode of Eval Cafe. Thank you to all our listeners. Please check out the rest of our episodes on Pinecast, iTunes, or Google Play, or by going through our website, evalcafe.wordpress.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at evalcafe. And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us at evalcafe.podcast at gmail.com. Musical credits go to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for poppers and prosecco or intro theme, and dispersion relation or outro as well as to Tim at tabletopaudio.com for the lively cafe ambiance in our intro. But the recording is definitely working. We will have something to work with. Everything is great. Try not to play the maracas in the background. (laughs) That's the only thing that we ask. Mm -hmm. That's enough. That's a a good ask, I think. We're going to respect that. Yeah. You know what I, I realized while we were recording this, by the way? Um, if, if this course kind of got started in some ways at the CES 2017 conference, uh, when you were talking with, uh, Shanti, um, that's also when this podcast really mm-hmm. got started. That was the same conference where Brian was like, Hey, Carolyn, do you want to do a podcast? <laughs> and I'm just like this podcast and the certificate are, I'm going to say cousins. Mm-hmm. There, there we go. <laughs> that's so cute. Mm-hmm. Also, throw positivism under the bus is... I, I love that. Favorite things. <laughs> it's the hidden subtitle of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the description. Let's make it, let's make it the title. <laughs> <laughs>